Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues the first lesson of the two-part Holy Spirit series, taken from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick brought us two of three things that distinguish man from other creatures, and then took us to Acts chapter 2, where he gave us five observations concerning the Holy Spirit. On this broadcast, he visits how the Holy Spirit works in our lives by bringing us the first three of eight principles that demonstrate how the Holy Spirit works in the lives of believers. And now, here's Brother Rick. And so here's the eight principal works of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and this is the new life he's bringing to you. How many of you know that we've been born again? We're no longer the same. The Bible says we're a new creature. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things. Everybody say all things. All things. Have become new. Did you know when I got saved that the devil always reminded me of my past? Did he do you that way? And even when I met Debbie, and she was such a wonderful woman of God, and so pure, had such a wonderful history, raised in a Christian home, both parents preachers, and you know, and here I was, you know, with horns and a tail, you know. I mean, that was a devil, man. And I thought, God, I wish I could come to her like she come to me, you know. And the Lord said, "You did, because the old man's gone." Amen. Right. Right. That gives me happy feet right there. How many of you know the old man's gone? Listen, the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. That's right. It's grim for that rascal. Amen. You're a new creature. Now here's the works of the Holy Ghost. Everybody ready for it? You got a question, comment, anything you want to say before we go? Are you getting this? I hate you. Can't see it on the board, probably easier on you. But that's okay. This is the office work. I'm going to call this the office work of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit works in several dimensions. But this is his job description. <laughs> this, this is his modus operandi, how he operates. The first thing I want you to understand about the Holy Spirit is that what he is doing is he is sent to convict the world. He brings conviction that leads us to Christ. It's found in John chapter 16, verse 8. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That word convict, or convict is equally translated convince. Did you know that? In other words, he's going to prove to you that sin has a bad reputation, that judgment is real, and that righteousness is available. In fact, Jesus put it this way, no man can come to the Father except by me. Except he be drawn there by the Holy Spirit. You can't just come to Jesus. That's why we're crazy when we stand up and say, I found the Lord, you know. Let me do. Let me help you, honey. He wasn't lost. He found you. And can I go a step farther? You wasn't even looking for him. Let's get real here. He run you down and pinned you for the three count. You had no idea who he was. He was running you down when you was running away from him. Okay, okay. So let's get that straight. He found you. 
You didn't find him. And you came to him because of the first office work of the Holy Ghost. He drawed your heart. He tugged you. Amen. Amen. And brought you like metal filings to a magnet. Amen. I mean, thanks God for the convicting of the Holy Ghost. I thank God every day that he loves me enough to convict me. How many of you know he'll reprove you? He'll rebuke you. He'll convict you. I would rather be rebuked by the Lord than ignored by the Lord. Amen. I'd rather get a whooping than him to never turn his eye on me. He convicts us. Thank God he does. Then after he convicts us, understand that we are regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost. Titus 3, 5 says this, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, that's actually John 3, 5, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. But Titus 3, 5 says it this way, it's not by our own righteousness, or we say, but by the washing and the regeneration of the Holy Ghost. Do you understand? Let me just stand up here a minute and talk to you. I can't sit down and say this. But I want you to understand that when the Holy Spirit Start doing a work in your life. What happens is he convicts you and brings you to Jesus. And when God created man, he breathed into man a spirit and a bloodstream. Did you know that? Adam's name actually translates creator God's blood. <laughs> and in full definition, it translates creator God's blood, covenant God. So God breathed in Adam a bloodstream and the breath and the blood came together and made him a living soul. But Adam sinned in Genesis 3, 6. And we realize that Jesus, the second Adam as he's referred to, where Adam brought disobedience and sin and death to us, how many of you know the second Adam brought life to us? Amen. But when the Holy Spirit convicts you, I want to just explain to you what's going on. He brings you up and he covers you with the blood of Jesus. Do you realize that? You're covered by the blood. And then the Holy Spirit goes... And you become a living soul again. You become born again by the blood and the breath of God. Amen. I know you can't be saved without the blood. What can wash away my sins? Say it loud. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But what you got to understand is neither could you be regenerated without the breath of the Spirit of God. Amen. So everybody say blood, blood. and breath. Amen. So you're going to read John 3, 5 and Titus 3, 5. Here's the third work of the Holy Ghost. He indwells every believer that has accepted Christ as their Savior. I want to say that again. He indwells, and you're going to hear a lot about that word in a little bit. He indwells every person that accepts Christ as their Savior. Let's, let's look at this. It's in uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Paul, I love the way he talks because he starts with a question and answers it himself. What? <laughs> That's how verse 19 starts out. What? And then like Jeffrey, he gives you the answer after the question. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you are not your own? Goes on in verse 20 to say, you've been bought with a price, therefore, everybody say therefore. Listen, whenever you see a therefore, you need to stop and see what it's there for. <laughs> therefore, glorify God in your body, which is His. It's the Holy Ghost that actually works with the blood of Jesus to bring regeneration to your spirit. 
That's why people say, I don't need the Holy Ghost. Are you mental? Right. You need the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Without the Holy Spirit, you have no right of regeneration. Right. Here's another thing. Can I just dance on this for a little while? We need to get away from this. The spirit filled people saying, well, the Baptists, the Methodists, they don't have the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, they do. oh yes, they do. <laughs> they, we don't even know how to explain what we have, much less to determine what they have. Okay, so until we can explain what we have, we might not want to criticize what they don't have. We might need to know and give an answer for what we have. Amen. So the first thing I want you to understand is that the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. And we're going to talk about a little bit later the difference between indwelling and infilling. And I want to help you be able to explain to a Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ, whatever, how to receive the fullness of the Spirit. Yeah. We need to be able to do this. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It needs to be more than a feeling or a force. Right. Amen. That's been our problem in the past. How many of you know our problem as Pentecostals is we've been filled, but it didn't help our brain any. <laughs> Amen. Amen. In fact, we need to use our brain. You know, the Bible doesn't say dismiss your brain and enter into the spirit. You know, it, we need our brain as well as we need our spirit. And we need to be able to give an answer for those that would inquire of us, the hope that is within us. So understand that the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. Now, there's three things you need to understand about the Holy Spirit, okay? Number one, he's omniscient. I'm going to help you with this. It's just a big word. It means all-knowing. O-M-N-I-S-C-I-E-N-T. Okay? Need it again? Okay. O-M-N-I-S-C-I-E-N-T. What does omniscient mean? It means all-knowing. The Holy Spirit is not in the dark about anything, including you. The Lord has never said, oops, I didn't know they were like that. <laughs> See, we think God saved us and then found out what he got. No, he knew what he was getting and saved you anyway. Okay. How many of you know you love your kids? You know they're going to mess diapers, spill bottles, all that stuff. Wake you up in the middle of the night. You know, you just want to kill them, send them to Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you knew all this stuff was going to happen when you had them. But you love them anyway. Isn't that good? That's the thing that blows me away. God knew all my faults and still let me into this thing. Said, you're mine. Don't want everything. And God, I had one guy tell me, God don't love me anymore. I said, you mean he don't love you now that you're trying when he loved you when you wasn't? He don't love you now that you're praying when he loved you when you're cussing you and name it bank? Hey, one guy said, God won't hear me. I said, well, give him a cussing. He said, are you crazy? I said, you mean to understand that he would hear you if you're cussing, but he wouldn't hear you if you're praying? Nothing. Yet. You're missing something. He hears. He's omniscient. Here's another thing you need to understand. Omnipotent, that's right. O-M-N-I-P-O-T-E-N-T. Okay? Omnipotent means he's all-powerful. Holy Spirit's not lacking power. Sometimes we think 
that Jesus is in one corner with white gloves and trunks on and the devil's in the other corner with black trunks and black gloves on and they're fighting it out and we're just cheering hoping Jesus wins. <laughs> Do you understand the devil is God's devil? He created it. And the devil ain't even a semi-match for God. Amen. God could think about the devil. He'd be a greasy spot. God is all powerful. Amen. That's why people say, Brother Rick, can God? I always say yes. I just interrupt. Ain't no sense of finishing this statement. <laughs> can God? Yep. Yeah, he can. That's what classifies him as God. He can do anything. He's all powerful. And did you know that he is so powerful that every word is created? If God said that wall was yellow before yellow cleared his lips while it was still in the thought process, that wall would turn yellow. Everything is subject to him. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Here's another big word. Omnipresent. O-M-N-I-P-R-E-S-E-N-T. O-M-N-I-P-R-E-S-E-N-T. What does it mean? Simply this, everywhere. That's what David learned. He said, if I go to the highest mountain, lo, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, hello, you're here. <laughs> there is no place I can get away from you. That's why running from God never works. When you get there, these two things, you're there and he's there. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitful life.org. Thanks for listening.